way, people. Of February 2023. Welcome to Counterspin. I'm Calvin Elk. And I'm Hannah Spira. Got a pack show for you today. Hannah, line up what we have. Well, of course, uh, we should probably say congratulations and happy first anniversary, shouldn't we, Calvin? Because what happened this time last year? That's when you belligerent river, river of filth people decided that you would not take government overreach and tyranny. How dare you? But anyway... That is it, May. You all decided to get together from the bottom of the South Island, top of the North, and meet in Wellington and voice your opinion, your concerns, and basically saying, we're not taking this anymore. And you, regardless of the outcome, delivered one hell of a shock. Yes, and it was three weeks of such a united stand. And that united front is what's needed again, Calvin, for the pushback against the Therapeutic Products Bill, which is basically an extension of the mandates, the, the jab rollout. They took away your freedom to choose yeah. what was to go into your body uh, much of the time because people had to choose between paying their bills, paying their mortgage, and uh, taking this experimental gene therapy. And now that there are so many of you with negative side effects, you know, jab injuries, they are now trying to regulate and potentially deny you access to medicine and natural health options that could help you heal from... Uh, or even ease the symptoms of this jab that's menacing... Right. Yeah, so what we're doing is we are going to have a show dedicated to this to discuss exactly what's in the bill and what it will uh, be how it will be affecting people within the industry. So the first person we're going to have on is naturopath David Holden. Uh, he's been in the industry for almost 40 years, helping people uh, heal naturally. Then uh, we will have Sue Gray, the lawyer. She is, of course, also the co-leader of the New Zealand Outdoors and Freedom Party. And finally, we will have our own Dana Lee on. She is our correspondent up there in the far north, Calvin. Yep, should be some good news. Now, we've been running a... Hannah's decided to, with the other team, um, run a social media campaign for small videos, people to put their objections forward, because as you know, people have got a, an aversion to the word submission, because no one wants to submit, and you're dead right. So make your objection known. Um, what is it, 30 seconds to a minute? Yeah, we just want you to do a little uh, video, put it out onto your social media pages, and um Get your voice out there. If if you haven't already, um, get out there and write your objection through the submissions page on the parliamentary website. Also, think about signing the partition. Um, the petition. Um, there are two of those that we will link in the description below that you can sign. And also, make an effort to give your local MP a call because what we're hearing already from people who are doing this is that the MPs do not want to talk. They don't want to know about it. They're palming it off to the health minister. But the point is, if there is enough of a public outcry, these people are your representatives and they should be having public meetings. If you've got 
got any questions or concerns about this bill because it is very convoluted, then you have a right to ask and to get that clarified. So don't let them um, put you off if they try and fob you off. Keep going and um, ask for an appointment and actually get face-to-face, Calvin. And who's going to win? Is it going to be the will of the people or the party line? That remains to be seen. But we can but hope. Now, in an example, as an example of that, 30 second to a minute plus um, objection to the uh, therapeutics bill that's currently going through parliament. Um, Hannah did her own. Now there's a surprise within this video. So we'll be able to tell exactly who watches the bloody show, won't we? So um, we'll be back straight after that with David Holden from Holden Healthcare. Hi, beautiful humans. Now this is uh, a bit more of a casual video coming to you from our kitchen, as you can see. Now, the kitchen, of course, is the place where mums and dads cook wonderful food to nourish their families. And the reason why I am coming to you from our kitchen today is because we are very concerned, like many of you, about the therapeutic products bill. Um, And as an expectant mother, of course, this is a very important topic for me because I want my children to be able to have access to fresh fruit and veggies and also natural health products, natural health uh, practitioners, without the rules and regulations that the government is actually proposing. Now, there are ways that you can um, take a stand against this. Go to councilmanmedia.com. You'll see a very extensive blog post that we have put together there. And we are asking you to, number one, check out the submissions process. Of course, we are not asking you to submit to this tyrannical regime. We are asking you to object to it. Uh, We are also saying go and sign the petition there and also make an appointment with your MP, go face-to-face uh, or get them on the phone and be polite and let them know what your concerns are. Hippocrates always said, let food be thy medicine and let uh, medicine be thy food. So this is a ancient, age-old, common-sense, uh, tried-and-true information that should not be regulated by the government. This is about big pharma and overseas interests trying to come into this country and regulate your health and your choices. Now, it's your body, it's your choice, it's my body, my choice, my baby's body, my baby's um, life that I would like to make sure that we, we have access to stuff that our ancestors all knew was the right thing. Now, of course, Urumwa Māori medicine is being um, objected to being part of this bill. The Māori party is the only party here in New Zealand that stood against this bill and it looks like that um, that sector of the alternative medicine will be um, at least somewhat removed from that bill under a separate supplementary paper. So why can't all the other natural medicines be removed as well? Because of course the other part of the bill is all about medical devices. Now this is the Alpha Stim. Um, it's also very good for brain function and has uh, lots of different health benefits. So those types of things will come under the regulation. Um, And also, what else are they going to bring in in terms of the AI medicines and technologies? What microchips are they going to be bringing in? What new mRNA uh, gene therapies will they be bringing in? And are those things going to become more easily available, more easily acceptable and accessible, uh, and more pushed to merge humans with the machine? And uh, we don't want that. I don't want that. I want natural, uh, God-given foods and um, plants to be my medicine and the medicines for the children that are to come. So let's stand up. Let's stop this bill being passed. Check out counterspinatmedia.com. And um, also make a video. 
you know, one minute to three minutes of why you object. We want to start a viral campaign. Just all of you out there, let your voice be heard. When you make your submission, ask to also do the oral part of it so that you're objecting orally, not just on a piece of paper. Try and do it with your own words. If they don't come, there are templates that you can actually uh, use for inspiration. But this is a really, really important bill. As far as I'm concerned, this is the most important thing that's happening in New Zealand right now. Let's stop the therapeutic products bill now. And we are now joined by David Holden from HoldenHealthcare.com. He has been on Counterspin a number of times, so those of you watching in New Zealand will recognize him. He has almost 40 years' experience uh, in the healthcare industry. He is a specialist in naturopathic oncology, and he's also a medical scientist in microbiology and biochemistry. Welcome to the show, David. Now, uh, what? where do you want to start? I mean, Guy Hatchard, obviously his work has gone viral around New Zealand around the world um yeah have you got any comments on what he's been saying about this therapeutics product yeah thanks hannah and welcome to all the viewers and listeners um although i've got a lot of time for guy i've had a chat to him privately a few times um his his 17 minute something second clip which you're going to show a link of shortly is brilliant please watch it folks he's broken down all the problems with this bill why we don't need it and it's obviously a thinly veiled attack yet again by Big Pharma to control its competition and to get more of a monopoly in healthcare around the globe. And New Zealand is just one of all the main Commonwealth countries. They roll in similar legislation out at the same time. They did this in 1980. And when I just hadn't even graduated as a naturopathic practitioner at that point, and I got involved and we kiboshed it by petitioning all the MPs' wives. Because in those days, unfortunately, most of Parliament were males and their wives were actively using natural medicine, natural therapies, acupuncture, massage, homeopathy, herbal medicine, taking supplements. And they bitched and moaned to their husbands about not voting for this bill. And they did. They, they canned it. They got rid of it. It came back in 1990 um, and again in 2001, I believe 2011, and its latest incarnation is this one, the Therapeutic um, Products Bill. It used to be called the Medicines Bill, then the Medicines Amendment Bill, blah, blah, blah. So we've seen this so many times over 40, 50 years. It's just a big pharma ploy by captured government regulators to roll out the pharmaceutical plan, wipe out their competition, give people no choice in their chosen form of healthcare. And having been a natural medicines practitioner for 37 years now, I can see the benefits of natural medicine and a real government that really cared about their people and really wanted to help healthcare would do what the MACA report I was involved in with the government for four, three years should have been passed as law and wasn't. It was binned by Annette King, the current health minister at that time. Um, I was involved with a with a, a government committee called MACA. I was handpicked by the Greens in 1999 to be on this committee. It was eight of us. Um, and we reported our brief was to tell the government what the best parts of natural medicine were and to bring it into the system to improve health stats, particularly for Pacifica and Maori, which we did. And, of course, Annette King was sleeping with the enemy. Her husband was a very conservative doctor. He said, this is just written by a bunch of quacks. Get rid of it. She binned it in the waste bin. So $3 million of New Zealand taxpayers' money was flushed wow. down the toilet. That research is on file, and I've approached every health minister since 
to enact the legislation that was recommended. They never did. So this is all part of the big pharma suppression of natural medicine around the globe to stop you from having a choice about how you choose to treat yourself, your children, your family, your friends. And it takes away all your choice in how you treat your family, yourself, your friends, your kids, etc. So if you as a mother recommended another mother to give their kid vitamin C or zinc because they had a cold or a flu or COVID, then you could be prosecuted for it if this bill goes in place as it is now. It's just absolutely expletive crazy, really. Um, oh, it's counterspin, I can say. It. It's fucking crazy. It is. It's insane, right? This is a mad, thinly disguised ploy to wipe out big farmers' competition. They know, as we know, that vitamin C, vitamin D3, zinc, NAC, quercetin mops up a lot, not all, but a lot of the damage that the jabs are doing, and they don't want it around. They want to get the maximum kill rate, the maximum damage. That's what these bastards want to do. So come on, folks, wake up. See this for what it is. Let's get rid of it. We've had lots of people petition parliament before. We've had all the previous bills thrown out. This one's not going to pass. We are going to protest. There'll be thousands on the streets if they get even near to running this through the house. And you need to be part of it, folks. Get out there with your banners and placards and protest, write letters. Let's jam the MedSafe website. Let's jam their emails. Let's just congest them with mail. Uh, they need to know that the public feels very strongly about this and your choices and freedoms should not be limited in this way. Now, David, I've often said that we don't have a health system in this country. We actually have an illness maintenance system because you cannot make profit of healthy people. Correct. Now, with this, with this, um, could this be construed as a regulatory seizure or regulatory capture, where basically the government's taking um, your ability to access what nature, um, nature's emboldenments for the body? You know, it's enrichment. It's a life-giving aid. Yeah, it's what, and basically what seeking us. to decimate it on behalf of pharmaceutical companies so they can make extreme profits uh, while the rest of us suffer. Because I notice there's always every single piece of legislation that comes out as builds on the one before another encroachment, then all incremental as well for your safety. You know, this will benefit you, and they give all the positive aspects, none of the negative. But when people like yourself and us, we catch on and say, "Hang on a minute, this is bad." Um, we're sort of put in the crazy basket. What do you believe is the driving factor, the single most driving factor? Is it profit? Of course. <laughs> That's the bottom line for all drug companies. They're interested in three things, money, profit, and stock options. So they want their directors to get well paid. They want to be able to give um, um, dividends to their shareholders. They want the share price to remain high. Let's talk about the profit for a minute. Do you know it's estimated by people in the industry in the States that know the figures that um, Pfizer, Moderna, and AstraZeneca, the three worst offenders with the worst vaxxers that killed and maimed the most people, are, are destined to make in the next three years only $3.2 US dollars only from COVID vaccines and medicines. $3.2 trillion. 
That's worth as much as Apple Corporation, the biggest, most successful, arguably, um, company on the planet. And Pfizer, let's talk about Pfizer for a minute. Now, our stupid, idiotic government trusted these fraudsters, they're, they're the, the worst offenders, corporate offenders in the world. Pfizer have paid between, I can't remember the exact figure, between 5.1 and 5.7 billion US dollars in fines to four jurisdictions, Canada, the USA, the UK and the EU for fraud over claims about their products and fudging research trials. And the government trusted these idiots um, who are only motivated by money to stick jabs inside everyone's arm and kill them, maim them. I mean, come on. This is just, this is so absurd now. It's just getting ridiculous. So people wake up. This is uh, another part of their plan to roll out uh, medical tyranny around the world. So you'll be forced to have jabs and injections. And this is the thin end of the wedge. If we let this one through, then they're going to start mandating implants into people's bodies, forced medical procedures that you'll have no choice over, whether you like it or not. They'll effectively start lobotomizing people with chemicals, which is what they're doing with fluoride, what they're doing with so many other things already. Yeah, absolutely. This is probably a good point uh, now to play cut four of uh, a episode we released with William Bissett from the Brylin Functional Medical Centre down in Christchurch. He was um, talking to Phil Tomlinson and this clip is about the regulator that will be assigned uh, if this bill goes ahead and exactly what you're talking about, a, a um, you know, just a dictatorial state of medicine. So let's listen to that clip and then come back for comment. I think what's more scary about this bill as well is not it actually is not absolute definite. It actually gives the ability to wipe out what they want. And they're going to appoint one regulator who's going to determine what's good and what's bad. And I think that's a very scary thing to have one person with so much power that can decide, well, actually lemon's pretty a pretty good product. Maybe we need to ban lemon as well. When you go down... Uh, you know, you, you can't buy a health product which is going to help with a bit of pain. You can't go down to the local farmer's market and buy some uh, cream that's been made out of some local uh, herbs that, you know, helps with a little bit of skin condition. That, that, that's all going to be wiped out. But appointing a regulator with almost the ultimate power of what, what they want to do is quite scary. Oh, it's extremely scary. And, and what's worse about the single person in what is called an absolute control of the entire system uh, is that that single person <clears throat> can be given backhanders in all sorts of ways that are either direct or indirect. <clears throat> and those, uh, uh, what I call advantages, payments, or what I would call cutting edge, if you like, manipulations, uh, can come that way in complete innocence. They can come that way in silent, what I would call, uh, twists and turns. And they can also come that way in all sorts of indirect and uh, incomprehensible manners that people can't pick up. And I, I have a very serious question on a single regulator or a single controller. Now, if you look at any major controlling factor 
in our society. Would not it be fair to say that it is normally built in such a way as to have some sort of counterbalancing, counterchecking mechanism? Very seldom does one person have the complete say without, uh, shall we say, some sort of transparency being offered. That's the reason why we have a government and not have a single dictator. Although one looks at what's being done with this bill and wonders whether we are going to have what we would call a dictatorship. It kind of reminds me of that time Jacinda said she'd be the single source of truth, Calvin. Well, it's funny you should say that because, remember, this is the position that they're advocating to be the chief regulator. It's just like the chief censor that we've had a run-in with, obviously, um, where they arbitrarily decide what information you will have access to and what you will be denied access to. This is yet just another um, power grab on the way to total control for these absolute Muppets. To the bureaucrats, isn't it, David? Not the elected it, it, officials. It is, it is, and it comes right to the core of the MACA report that we wrote in 2004 for the second term Helen Clark Labor government. If they had actually introduced our recommendations, then this would have never happened. COVID probably never would have happened. But the ministry has never employed anyone with any expertise in natural medicine at all to be on their regulatory body MedSafe. So we're being regulated by the pharmaceutical industry. Talk about the fox in charge of the hen house. Hello, is anyone home? This is crazy and it's got to stop. So William's absolutely bang on um, and the other gentleman too, absolutely bang on. This will if they get it through, which they won't, will restrict your rights to treat yourself any way you choose. And he said, as he said, in those local markets, when you go to the markets and people are producing um, honey from their organic bees, varroa free, et cetera, et cetera, and then they're producing herbal ointments for skin conditions, as he said, they will no longer be available and they'll be fined massively if they produce them. So the other thing is that you need to understand, folks, I've worked in this industry for a long time and it's very common in the natural medicine industry to understand that big pharma is corrupt. We always suspected vaccines were a problem, but never as much of a problem as COVID-19's been when they've released a vax bioweapon. We now believe all vaccines are bioweapons and no one should have any vaccines whatsoever. I've never liked them, but I wouldn't say I would have called myself completely an anti-vaxxer until COVID. And now I'm ardently an anti-vaxxer and I recommend no one go near a needle whatsoever if you value your life and that of your friends and family. So this is eroding public confidence in the medical system. And I actually welcome that because I've known it's corrupt. It's been corrupt for over 170 years, brought out by the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers when they got rid of homeopathy colleges in the United States last two centuries ago in the 18, late 1800s and early 1900s. So this has been going on for a very long time. And I want to give you one concrete Factual example, because I know you guys are about facts and evidence, as I am too, being a scientist, right? So back in 1991, I think it was, soon after they failed with their um, medicines amendment um, bill that never went through, it was thrown out, um, Big Pharma didn't like tryptophan because they were getting a lot of money from Halcyon and um, um, drugs that help you sleep when you've got insomnia, right? And they were losing money to tryptophan massively. So they bought a kilo of tryptophan powder and contaminated it with lead oxide and then daubed them in. 
And so tryptophan was banned around the world and made a drug only and very hard to get. So, of course, then we went mm -hmm. to 5-HTP, which is the biochemical precursor to tryptophan, and we got round the law that way. And we're doing the same with the law around NAC. So this is a common tactic for Big Pharma to do. They wrote the book on dirty tricks, folks. Every other sector takes their cues from what Big Pharma have done to suppress and control their opposition. And that's exactly what they're doing here. So, David, what, for those who don't know, what is NAC and why is it important at this point? And what are they doing to lipospheric vitamin C and things like that? Right. As well? Very good question. NAC, N-acetylcysteine, is a precursor to glutathione, which is the most powerful antioxidant in the human body. And if you've got lots of it in your body, you don't get jab reactions as often from the COVID vax if you're unfortunate enough to, or stupid enough to have it mandated maybe um and, and if it was ssps shedded spiked proteins which are becoming a real problem for the unjabbed like me and you guys so i'm seeing lots of healthy patients who chose not to have the jab who are working beavering away but they're dealing with the public and they're getting exposed to ssps in the breath of those people like i have been and they get sick. And I, I mentioned to you off air before, I had a look at my blood a few weeks ago because I was feeling a bit seedy and getting some skin breakouts and thought, that's really weird for me. I don't normally get those. And then I looked at my blood and I looked like a vaxxed person because I'd been dealing in a closed room with people with SSPs and they're breathing them out while we're in, in an intimate conversation about their health care. So I'm in danger. So I have to take NAC vitamin C, vitamin D3, K2, quercetin, bromelain, and a few other things, which is now available in a product that uh, we'll talk about later on, maybe in another show. But you can get this product, and I recommend you do, and detox yourself if you're getting any signs of SSPs. And this is a real concern to the unjabbed. So if you're not jabbed or you're no longer going to have any more jabs, and you're living with, sleeping with, or working closely with someone who has been jabbed, particularly been boosted, then you are going to get SSPs into your body. The first symptoms of that is fatigue, tiredness, insomnia, skin breakouts, coughs and colds, and just not feeling 100%, and it will get worse over time. If you detox like I did, then look at my blood straight after that detox and saw it was as clean as a whistle, you can get rid of this stuff. And Big Pharma doesn't want you to have access to these products. We've been given a tip off by some colleagues in the States who are supplement formulators that the FDA is going to come down very heavy because Big Pharma wants them to on vitamin D3, K2 combination and lipospheric vitamin C. So what are they going to do to stop people getting vitamin C? Because it's ubiquitous. It's everywhere. You can't, you know, every shop sells vitamin C. Health food stores and pharmacies are one of the biggest sellers, particularly in winter. So they'll do something like the tryptophan debacle. They'll contaminate lipo-C with something, dob them into the authorities, and then it'll become banned on prescription only. Probably. We hope it doesn't happen. But that is definitely probably going to be their ploy. Mm. And often talking about these things and bringing it out into the open before it happens Correct. can actually stop things from happening. Exactly, exactly. And that's why I'm doing this, obviously. So so this is the key thing, folks. 
please put a submission in and uh, get your friends to put submissions in. You've got till February the 15th. Watch Guy Hatchard's video, the 17 minute and something seconds video, which is very well done. And you can freeze frame it, write notes down and add some of those comments um, in, in your letter. Make it an individual letter. It has more power. And just get forceful that you will walk on the streets with placards if they attempt to bring this bill in. And I know tens of thousands, probably hundreds of thousands of Kiwis would do the same who value their freedom and don't want a pharmaceutical medical tyranny to descend upon New Zealand. And the good news is, David, um, it, it's obviously breaking news because it hasn't reached you yet. But yesterday, the ministry did announce that the submission process has now been extended till March the 5th. Oh. So um, we've got a bit of extra time, um, which is really good news. Now, just before we wrap up with you, um, you know, having so much experience in the natural health care industry, we want to play a video again from that previous interview with William and Phil. Um, and he, Phil is talking about a testimony um, about his mother and how she actually healed from cancer naturally. And of course, you will have had lots of experience with that. So we'll listen to that and then get your comment on that. I think what they're trying to do, if I read correctly, and I might be wrong in this, but it looks to me as if the bill is more or less saying that if you've got uh, some product which improves your health when you've got a serious disease, that using that product is interfering with the medical trade. Now, the real issue at stake is they don't want people to get well. They want people to get well using their system. And there's a big difference in wanting people to get well and wanting people to get well using what you are making money on. So I question this issue of saying that uh, it is wrong for me to use something that gets me well or to even recommend to someone that I've used something that gets people well, uh, in some way recommended it, that I'm doing the wrong thing. I, I have a question mark over this, and I use the example of people I know of personally who, with a terminal sentence given by the medical profession, have got completely well using other things. And this apparently is going to be considered a cardinal sin. Now, if this is the case, then... Uh, are we trying to stop people helping others get well? Because that really is the issue. Because if something works quite well, it's quite harmless anyway, then there's no harm in having, and I'm talking about a food product, obviously, no harm in using it. And I quote the example here of my own mother, terminal bone marrow, metastasized cancer, and was told to take a world trip and wind her affairs up. And I suggested to my mother that one of us in the family could take her to an overseas clinic of her choice or whatever she chose to do, we would support it. And uh, I said, I don't know much about uh, cancer because at that stage it was all new, uh, facing something like this in the family circle. And uh, what we did was we said, well, we've got to help mum with the right kind of food, if we can best find the right kind of food. And at that stage, we didn't know what the right kind of food was or wasn't. What we, sort of year was this? This is going back 40 odd years ago. And at this stage, it was all a matter of trying to say, what can we do? 
Now, the question is, am I practicing medicine because um, I'm organizing meals for my mother? Not, but what I'm saying is, am I practicing medicine because I'm feeding somebody as best I can with a terminal condition? Now, the question has to be looked at from another viewpoint, and that is that after a couple of years, my mother got a clearance from cancer, and uh, that clearance was valid, and the proof of it was that she lived 20 years more beyond the point where she was told to wind her affairs up and die, and uh, I believe that the help that we gave her was beneficial. Now, the question obviously has to be framed that now in the light of this new bill that's coming in. If that was uh, law and I was um, giving her food or our house was providing food, it doesn't matter who's doing it, but I would be responsible, then am I practicing medicine or am I practicing another extremely unusual thing called common sense? And my question here is, is this bill designed to stop people using common sense? And common sense, of course, is a very rare thing these days. The one thing I will disagree with is that he said they want you, they don't want you getting well off natural health stuff, basically. They want you getting well using their products. I would posit that their products are not designed to get you well because all they ever do is treat a symptom and never, ever do they go in deep and say, what was the cause? Let's change that. Would that be right there? Exactly. One of my colleagues has his strap line for his clinic, um, the Rife Centre in Albany, says, uh, keeping you out of a suspended state of sickness. That's what pharmaceuticals do. They keep you ill. They have side effects. They get worse the more you take them. Then you go on another drug to counteract the side effects of the, of the first drug to counteract the side effects of the second. It's ridiculous. It's not the way to treat people. You can't poison people to health. And that's what I say with chemotherapy. Chemotherapy as a mainstream medicine uh, for cancer uh, is only suitable for three types of cancer, and it's used for all of them pretty much. Um, and most cancers do way worse with chemo, and it kills the patient right on cue. Um, it's just not an option for most people. Um, there's a few cases where one or two doses of chemo can be extremely helpful, and then you get rid of the chemo out of the body by detoxing and do natural medicine methods. So the chemo can buy some people more time, but it's not an end treatment in itself. And any real medical oncologist I've spoken to who off the record is being really honest will say, well, I wouldn't take the chemo. So why are they offering it to their patients? Hello, is anyone mm. home? They're not taught how to treat cancer. And this has been suppressed for well over 100 years. And there's lots of good books out there. And I have this discussion with all my cancer patients and give them resources to arm themselves with knowledge about what they need to be doing to make their body a really unhealthy host for cancer. So you want to go alkaline. You want to go oxygen saturation. You want to go really well nourished and be in a relaxed um, stress-free state because cancer thrives on stress and the cortisol that's secreted by the adrenal glands when you're under stress feeds cancer, like pouring petrol on a fire. So amping up everyone's emotional stress and their mental stress, which is what COVID's done massively with a very sophisticated psyop to get people depressed, anxious, and worried is a surefire way to erode immune competence. So it's a very clever ploy by the cabal to make people sick. 
Um, and so that gentleman's what, absolutely. What about fine. turbo cancers, David? Have you have you heard, seen an increase in these things called turbo cancers? Absolutely, cancer? we have. Um, we've seen a lot of it. Um, my clinic's been overrun by patients, many that we got sorted out and went into remission, and many have been in remission for years. And then stupidly, they had a jab, or they were mandated or coerced by family members or their GP, and then the cancer came back, and it's coming back very aggressively. And usually with complications because the bioweapon is designed to target inflammation and make it worse. It's designed to find your weaknesses and exploit them. And that's exactly what the research is showing the COVID-19 injections are doing. Now, that's amazing. David, we'll have you on again as this thing progresses, because i got a feeling we ain't seen the last of it yet. And even if we do defeat this one, as you said, it's cyclic. It's going to come around again. Um, we need a strategy. A wolf in new sheep's clothing. Yeah, we need a strategy to put this to bed forever. And the only way we're going to do that is to have a much more open government that will embrace natural medicine and have a separate department for it. Because we have solutions where Big Pharma doesn't and they're being suppressed. Um, yeah, and there's, there's many things we can do to avoid surgery, to avoid very toxic drugs that are incredibly expensive to the taxpayer. You don't notice it because you don't pay for it, but your taxes do. And that's what yeah. Big Pharma have done. They're getting money everywhere from governments, from grants, from trust funds, uh, and, of course, from selling their products. There you go. Thanks very much. That's David Holden from HoldenHealthcare.com. Go there, check out his work. You'll see his experience. He's not an idiot. He does know what he's talking about, and people need to sit up and actually start taking notice. Thanks for joining us, David. You're welcome. Anytime, guys. David is such a great natural healthcare practitioner, so do go and check out HoldenHealthcare.com for any healthcare needs if you are in Auckland. And, of course, if you're in Christchurch, Calvin, William Bissett at the Bryan Functional Medicine is the place to go. It definitely is. In fact, those clips that you saw us play there, uh, we'll utilise two more uh, as we go through. They can be found on CounterspinMedia.com in our recent episode we placed up there from the William Bissett Report. And stick around because we are now joined by lawyer Sue Gray. She is also the co-leader of the New Zealand Outdoors and Freedom Party. Welcome to the show, Sue. Now, let's just start with a bit of an overview before we get into the nitty-gritty detail of it. Um, what what are your initial thoughts of this bill and especially how they kind of slipped it in there just before Christmas? Yeah, look, yet again, massive government overreach on something that's not a problem and they're trying to control our food and make it into a problem for us our food our our herbs our natural remedies our traditional medicines and if you look at what the problem has been it's been medicines why are they trying to control everything else that doesn't need to be controlled and you look at what are probably two biggest problems facing New Zealanders at the moment is our health and the cost of living and what are they doing they're regulating our freely available health products and adding massively to the cost. So they're dealing a double blow on two of the most important things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, we just want to play a, a little clip from a episode with William Bissett and Phil Tomlinson. Um, this is in regards to uh, just exactly what they're doing and uh, how much money is involved. 
What I was alluding to was the fact that this uh, unprecedented size and scale of what's been mooted suggests to me that the government is not actually in control at the driving route behind it. And it looks to me as if industry is more or less saying to the government what they want and how they're going to get it. And it looks to me as though the government is a puppet. Uh, it seems a, a very severe thing to say, but when you get 423 pages and issue this big being generated out of a suspicion on this type of thing, which has never been happening in before, I'm suspicious that it's purely an industry-driven uh, falsification and therefore it's something that I'm really doubtful about it being of anything other than uh, pocketing dollars by industry. So what are your thoughts and analysis on that particular clip, Sue? Yeah, look, I share a lot of his concerns, but interestingly, I've also been having meetings with a lot of New Zealand businesses who don't want it either. And what it seems to be, it seems to be the globalists who are trying to control the New Zealand markets as well. And there's a, what, what happened in Australia with their Therapeutic Products Act is it knocked out all of the small players and just a few of the really big ones could get their products approved. And it looks like, well, it's inevitable the same will happen because small businesses can't go through these massively expensive processes. So again, what would happen in New Zealand is if, if this is allowed to go through is the few that have been approved in Australia will probably be able to be approved here and everybody else will get knocked out. So the mum and dad family businesses in New Zealand will be knocked out and even some of our bigger businesses, but who just can't afford to go through that kind of a process or because they've got novel products or interesting products, they'll all be knocked out and we'll just have a handful of overseas and international products in, available in New Zealand. It's a lose, lose, lose for actually for New Zealand businesses, for our healthcare practitioners and for our people. And soon there'll just be a single source of bloody everything. <laughs> yep. And it's very interesting, isn't it? So because there certainly seems to be a double standard uh, with natural health products compared to um, food additives and food, um, what many of us would probably consider poisons. And we're trying to avoid now when we go to the supermarkets, we look at all these numbers on the backs of packets mm -hmm. and we don't want that stuff. So let's play this next little clip um, from that same interview and come back for your thoughts. I don't understand why aren't they regulating a lot of these chemicals they're putting in food? Like when you start dissecting some processed foods, the chemicals they're using, they're proven carcinogenic. Yet, Oh, that's fine. In fact, I, I sense that through the bill, they're going to try and uh, naturalise or, or give the perception of these things being more natural. Well, the problem, I think, basically is what you're saying, that the natural products are now being classed, if they're beneficial to uh, any curative process, they're being classed as medicines. So does this mean, for example, um, I consider good fresh air a natural product? Am I going to have to have a license to be able to breathe? And it gets to that stupid state where you're questioning what is the government doing? Now, I believe there's a, an issue here about government control. I might be uh, a wee bit forthright in saying this, but when we had the lockdowns, for example, you're only allowed to go to a supermarket to buy food. 
Well, if we are trying to uh, reduce the population in one particular spot, then you wouldn't load the supermarkets with all the people that want food. You'd allow the small businesses to remain open and you'd leave them in control of their own ship and there would be a benefit in having uh, a dispersion in the food buying population and so on. And so here we've got a system where control has now become almost, if you like, a major theme in government direction. And I, I question this because if it's just major control, which is important, then the real motive underneath is that control, not the actual objective that, if you like, is whitewashed onto it. So basically what they're saying is pharmaceutical medicines and additives to food that create sick people so pharmaceutical companies can make more money using quite frankly, unregulated products like the jab that then goes on to maim, kill, and uh, create more sick people for yet more pharmaceutical drugs. That's fine. That's like, there's your target audience, have at them. But how? if you dare, if you dare have the gall to decide nature has, is our basically our medicine chest, mm -hmm. it can deal with anything we have. It can fortify our immune system because that's all we need, a fortified immune system, and we are good to go. This seems to be something they are definitely wanting to get rid of it. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Look, it's a whole different paradigm. I mean, many of us in the in the freedom movement live in a paradigm where nature's our friend. We look at things holistically. We know food is thy medicine. But what we've got is a government that's really trying to do the opposite of nature, do the opposite of what we all know, and, and pharmaceuticalize everything and try and pretend that somehow if it's artificial, it's better. It, it, it's bizarre. Just picking up on, on what was said in that clip too, I totally agree that we should be encouraging healthy food, whereas the additives to food, they know that some of the preservatives and the sweeteners and the enhancers are the harmful part, and yet they're very, very lax about the restrictions on those, and even more lax about the sprays that are used to, to grow foods. They don't even test them. I think they do one test every five years or something. It's just ludicrous. Um, and yet, so why try and control our, our herbs and our natural medicines that there have been no problems from and yet ignore all the other problems that we know are problems. It is, it's control. There's no question about it for me. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, one of the biggest criticisms of this uh, bill at the moment is that there's not much detail in it. It's very vague. Where would you like to start and actually pointing out the, the major problems that you see with it? Look, the very first problem is it's so long and so complicated. Good law should be short, clear, transparent. What this is is long, it's practically impossible to understand it, and then it delegates everything off to a new entity that hasn't even been created yet, a new regulator who then can decide things. So anything that the minister might say now, he can later say, oh, well, you know, that's what I thought was going to happen, but the new regulator's got a different interpretation, and so we're going to run with that. So nobody really knows what's happening. That's the first problem. Um, the, and the, the second problem is why on earth would we lump natural foods and natural therapies with medicines? The problem is with medicines. Medicines are under-regulated. We know they're not safe. We know they're not effective, and they're a major cause of death and harm in New Zealand. We all want more restriction on, re on medicines. But on the other hand, our, our herbs and natural products, as far as I can see, there's no evidence of them causing any significant harm or any problems. They're already regulated through the Foods, 
food legislation and the dietary supplements legislation, why interfere with something that doesn't need to be interfered with? So if they must persist with this, just just cut it right back to medicines and leave our natural supplements, our, our other products out of it. And let's have a proper conversation with the community. Where's the mandate from the people to try and control our food? And you don't get a mandate by rushing it through over Christmas with a really short consultation period. You get a mandate because people have actually sat down and say, this is what we want. Yeah, because it's not just about natural health products. And I think this has become, for the freedom movement, one of the big um, topics, and it's really important. But like you say, there's a whole lot of other things, um, you know, medical devices, um, new kind of medical um, advances in technology, uh, organs, blood, all these other things. Now, one of my concerns is what are they going to do with the new technology that comes through the mRNA uh, vaccines or also, um, you know, when they're going to be using microchips to actually regulate and, and, um, you know, you just need to look at um, um, Elon Musk's technology, you know, where they want to help with addictions or, um, you know, even the Fitbits trying to measure everything that the body's doing. Like there is a whole lot of AI technology that's coming down the pipeline that I suspect this bill is really about. Yeah, it's a good point. If they're trying to say, well, now that we've got this new law, if, if they get it through, we don't need to have another talk about whether we even want this AI technology or not, then I think we've all got a big issue ahead of us. This You can't fundamentally change the way humanity works by slipping it in through the back door through a bill. It's, that is not okay, and I can't imagine that anybody would agree with that. You know, what, it was really interesting when we had genetic modification. We had these, we had a discussion, and we didn't necessarily like the way it was all done. But at least we had a public discussion around New Zealand where people could share their views. But what's happened this time and since then is they seem to be trying to close down the scope of the discussion so that we can't even talk about these things. They're just assumed to be good for us and the government just rolls on, rolls on, rolls on, unless we make a big enough fuss to stop them, which is obviously what our challenge is. So basically, um, a government working on behalf of psychopathic lunatics, globalists offshore, in control of every aspect of your life. What could possibly go wrong? What is it to be a human anymore if they, <laughs> if they keep their desire to control everything? That's true. There goes freedom of choice and everything. So you brought up um, Clause 21 and you wanted to make a comment about that in regards to the sponsors and how they can reclassify natural medicine. I mean, I think this whole idea of the, the sponsor is ridiculous. Anyway, to me, it just actually seems like they're just uh, government spies, basically. It's not sponsored by Pfizer, is it, like every other bloody thing? <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's interesting. Let's look at how it worked with Pfizer sponsoring their medicine into New Zealand. The, the, the medicine that MedSafe had decided wasn't sufficiently safe and effective to get full consent, so it had to come through the back door with provisional consent. Pfizer give them the documents as this whole secret process. We can't look at the ingredients. We can't um, look at what risk benefit was done. We get 
withhold so much information from us. And then when the heat really goes on, Pfizer say, um, oh, we don't even want to push for the boosters, presumably because they can't prove that it's safe. So then the Director General of Health does this backdoor exemption process to allow what we know is a harmful medicine to, to be rolled out in New Zealand under coercion and, and threats of loss of employment, all sorts of things. So that's that's bad law. But yeah. is there anything in this new law that's going to stop that happening? And my real concern is that none of that will be managed, but what they'll be doing is restricting our access to good things. Um, and so, there, for example, a a sponsor of a natural substance, a natural product, can ask for it to be classified as effectively a medicine and with all the extra rules that go around it, presumably so that they can then control it and nobody else can use it. So it's looking to me like a sort of backdoor patent control kind of process. And again, how how can it be that one company can happen to be the sponsor and they can stop other people using products that are our products to use. Yeah, absolutely. And that yeah, kind but, of- but before you go in, here's another thing that I do not understand is how can a company like Pfizer get indemnity and maintain indemnity, even though that indemnity was obtained via fraudulent practices? You want to talk about a company who's um, trying to eviscerate the natural health products industry. That's definitely one of them. And yet, natural products you go pick a bloody bit of rosemary to put it with your lamb and you see well that's going to be regulated mm. invite your neighbors over for dinner uh have you got a license for that show us you your papers you know what i mean what the hell yeah well Sorry. i mean indemnity yeah, should man. never work if there's been fraud at the moment we can't even get the information to know what what who who misled who? Is it that is the safe and effective claim something our own government have come up with, which is what it's looking like as part of a sort of an international agreement on communications about how these things will be rolled out? Or is it something that Pfizer have promoted? And the documents I've seen, it's actually come from our own government. Yes, yeah, so I- so I suppose we're a little bit at odds there because I don't believe our government has the intellectual capacity to come up with anything itself i think it's just a talking head for globalists they say jump government says how high and how um hard do you want us to land on the public's heads that's basically what i think maybe. well if we're going to talk about pfizer i think we have to just acknowledge uh project veritas and the undercover sting operation they did because um pfizer's pretty much dug themselves a hole i think and they've buried themselves haven't they sue yeah, well, it wasn't a good look at all for Pfizer, was it? I mean, their whole situation was falling apart the more and more information we know. And we know that the product, well, it's it's not safe and it's not effective. So why are they still rolling it out anyway? I just read the other day that Michael Baker's unhappy because they've had to throw away 500,000 expired vaccines, which presumably is 500,000 New Zealanders who the government hoped to coerce to have it have actually said, no, we don't want it. So the whole narrative is so crumbled. It's it's hard to see where they're going with it at all. But, you know, we funded these vaccines in the first place. People of New Zealand put money into the research. It then goes into the private gain. We then pay huge amount of money to buy them back i don't understand how any responsible government could have supported any of that process that that went through um you know the more i look into all of these things 
I come to the conclusion that informed public are in a much better position to make decisions about their own health and well-being than any government is ever going to be. How can a bureaucrat sitting in an ivory tower in Wellington ever make a decision for me about my health or for you about your health or for anybody else? It's just yep. ridiculous. Should be my body, my choice, as the left always like to say. I have I have one legal question because a, a lot of people like having you on because you explain the legalities around things. Now most people think the law sucks because um every time we know we're right, but the courts tell us we're wrong. Now in 1986, with the passing of the Constitution Act 1986, that's basically where New Zealand become a, run by a corporation, right? Um, so how the hell from that point from now on from that point to now? With all of our referendums being told, what, 90% of you wanted to help the firemen out? Too bad. You know, that's just the way it is. And it's we're always on the losing side. Is this because we have no power and control over this government? And why are we putting in submissions instead of objections and telling them to just stop? Yeah, look, I think there's multiple problems. The, the problem, the big problem is that we elect representatives who owe, in my view, fiduciary duties to act in the interests of the people who elect them. But those elected representatives seem to have no regard for the law and no regard for the people that they represent. And so with or without the constitutional reforms, we go through the election process, they make all kinds of promises, and then the next day they act like they never said it and it doesn't matter. That is what we've got to change. And it's not going to be easy because the checks and balances on abuse of power have been broken down for generations. It, it, you see it, you know, Nothing works how it should work, and we're just about in the situation in New Zealand now that none of our um, checks and balances seem to have really any effect at all. But we all live here. We all want to have a future, so we've actually got to find ways of changing, of turning that around and holding people accountable for the future. It's, it, we, we really have no choice but to do that, and really the more people that get involved putting pressure on from different ways with their own networks and withdrawing their support from a system that's not acting for them and finding ways where they can make their own decisions that look after their own health and well-being for themselves, their families, their communities. That's the way that I can see it turning around. You know, it's an education process. It's a courage stepping up and it's a unity in the sense that we work together as best as we can um, we don't have to agree on everything, but we at least have to point in the same direction because the common enemy is not the different freedom groups. The common enemy is the globalists who are not looking after our interests and who are controlling our own government. That's right. And it would actually be nice if the police or military worked on our side as well, because there should be already be a lot of arrest warrants out there. There should be politicians facing trial. There should be academic, academic people like Baker up on trial. Susie Wells, the whole damn lot, because as you said, it's going to take time. It's going to take reform. It's going to take discussion. In the meantime, people in the real world are dying. Mm. I don't think this is um, acceptable that we've lost that much control that we cannot put it to a stop. And that's really started to really irk me. So this is actually a really good bill uh, that can bring everybody together to yeah. actually have solutions, mm. because this is the crux of it. We have been pushed into, uh, well, not 
us personally, but many people in New Zealand have been pushed into taking this experimental gene uh, therapy, bioweapon, whatever you want to call it. But now not only is that the problem, they're now trying to take away potential solutions because there could be, and you know, many health practitioners will tell you there are solutions to reversing any negative side effects of this vaccine. Um, but just going back to the detail uh, there, so um, in Clause 86, it's talking about health practitioners um, who are going to be able to prescribe off-label, but only if it's been approved. Um, and how is this going to work? Are they going to continue to block things like the use of ivermectin or medicinal cannabis? Well, that's definitely what it's looking like. Under the Medicines Act at the moment, health practitioners can prescribe off-label and it's always been a given that a health practitioner is in the best position to understand the needs of a patient and in consultation with the patient come up with the alternative solutions and they then prescribe what's required. We've had this kind of bullying process that's been going on during COVID where health practitioners have been suspended, often without even any hearing, if they dare to prescribe off-label in particular in relation to ivermectin. And we've seen overseas where California has tried to pass a law to pre prevent their health practitioners provide, um, prescribing ivermectin. That's actually been challenged and it was established that, that they can prescribe off-label and a law that tries to stop them is unconstitutional. So we've still got all of these kind of processes going on in the background where our health practitioners are trying to stand up for their rights and stand up against their own medical counsel for informed consent and for informed decision-making. But what we've now got with this therapeutic products bill, it looks like they're trying to have another go at closing down our health practitioners, a, a backdoor blow at them, which directly cuts across informed consent. That whole process we had with the Dame Sylvia Cartwright inquiry, um, I think in the late 80s, um, where all sorts of um, concerns were raised about people being tested on without approval and that led to the um, health practitioners in um, code what was it code of client care I think it's called that all of those um, things that we thought were given that patients should be given the preeminent position and the doctor should be there to to protect the patients and give the patients the choice to make decisions for themselves. This bill is a upside down, back to front attempt to flip it all over. So the government can control the doctors and what the doctors can prescribe. So it's, that's another thing I don't like about it. They're not only trying to have a really wide overreach into all of our products and our natural products, but they're also having a really wide overreach into our health practitioners and controlling them. Yeah. And what was that other bit um, in 84 where it talks about the um, the practitioners and they can only prescribe medicines for the actual patients? So what if your doctor's yeah. away? How do, how will that work? Yeah, so at the moment, you know, if you're on holiday or, or perhaps you've got a normal doctor but you might need some specialist advice on something uh, or, or somebody that might have expertise in medicinal cannabis or in, in whatever, they've got some particular expertise, you can go to them and get advice on those issues. But if this bill goes through, that you can only get this, these medicines from your normal doctor. So you can't go to a different doctor that's got expertise in nutritional supplements or, or whatever. Um, I presume that's why they want everybody registered with one doctor so that they can stop people getting specialist advice on, on different issues from different people. I mean, what's the point? Why would they do that? Why, why can't we 
go to the doctor that we want to go to and get advice on whatever issue we want to get advice on. If we want nutritional advice, why can't we go to a doctor that specializes in that, who knows more about these, these nutritional supplements or whatever? What on earth has that got to do with the government? Yeah, and of course, they're going to have, um, overlooking all this, a medical czar who's going to um, do, decide arbitrarily what will be ruled in, what won't be ruled in, denial of access and all that. Just like our lovable chief censor who decides what you can and cannot watch, you, what you will and will not be exposed to. And then if he feels like it, oh, well, you just did something, I'm going to make that illegal now and then have the police charge you and take you to court for a non-crime because it wasn't a crime at the time. Mm. So that's the sort of um, things we're facing. So anybody who's under the illusion that they would play nice and do things right with this bill, it's the government you're talking here. If there's a way to corrupt it, they will corrupt it. Do not give in and do not back down. Yeah, and that's about um, part nine, isn't it? So where the regulator, um, you know, will basically... Uh, have that power and it will add a huge extra cost for uh, natural products and actually have no there'll be no accountability to the public an extra yeah. cost how do you have money left at well, the end of the day we're taking that too yeah i mean they're talking about every product natural product even if it's one ingredient or multiple ingredients needs to be individually approved but if it's got multiple ingredients then every ingredient in the product needs to be approved so it's it's they're talking you know eighty thousand dollars or more for a single approval plus ongoing certifications and everything else. So any kind of of small business just will not have a chance of getting through these processes, and it's going to completely crush innovation of of new products as well. You know we've just been through, for example, with medicinal cannabis, just you know all sorts of hoops and hurdles, petitions, parliamentary hearings, everything else to try and legalize access because it's safe and effective and it benefits a huge amount of people but now that's going to be another layer of bureaucracy as well so everywhere you look at it it's trying to close down our choices okay so basically so the people out there and in, in our amazing audience can um come to terms with it and, and actually wrap your head around if it helps you it's bad if it kills and maims you it's good Remember that. That's government 101. If it helps, bad. If it hurts, good. It's definitely this an upside-down world, isn't it, Calvin? Without a doubt. I think people are finally starting to see that. The, I think where people, I suppose, who have they lash out. You see them in chat groups. You see them online um, attacking left, right, and center. Just like I've seen you attacked online because you didn't win that particular case. You know what I mean? But yet they've got to understand you're in a particular bubble. You have to work within the rules established in that little bubble. We know that the courts, for the most part, the way it was set up and the operate, uh, uh, parliament operates under assumed parliamentary sovereignty. So if parliament decided you're all getting jabbed by force, the courts really would have to enforce that. That's well, actually that's how it's all set up. That's what we've always been taught, although there was actually one very good Supreme Court case at the end of 2021, the Fitzgerald case, where they did say that the law must be looked at as the hierarchy and it must protect fundamental rights and freedoms and customary law, international law, all of the, and common law, 
wherever it possibly can. So parliament cannot override these things. So this is a real turnaround. But what's been happening, I've been raising it in different cases, but most of the judges around the country don't seem to be aware of that case yet. So we've got a lot of work to do to raise awareness on this principle of legality that is is quite well accepted in Australia and England, but it's always been overlooked here. So we've got a We've, this is always the problem with court. They give us a few glimmers of hope and just enough shreds of encouragement to keep us going. Yes. But, but then, you know, when it comes to the crunch, something really disappointing happens and it doesn't get where we want to go, which is why where I've got to, yes, the court system can work, but you can't rely on it. And elections can work, but you can't rely just on that. Um, you know, there's all sorts of different things we can do as public. And basically, if the people want to be heard, you've got to be the biggest problem. If you're the if if the therapeutic products bill is the government's biggest problem, they will start to listen to us. If but it's up yeah. to not not a court hearing or not this or not that. It's up to enough people stepping up and making a huge fuss. And what we've actually got here, we've got New Zealand businesses, we've got health practitioners, and we've got the affected public. And I believe it's way more than 50% of the public who use these products in their day-to-day lives. So, so many of us are affected. We all need to step up and and say, we're not doing this. Enough is enough. So practically speaking, Sue, what are your top three things that um, people can actually proactively do today or tomorrow to be part of the pushback against this bill? And a bit of a hint, they don't like the word submission. Yeah. Like submitting to something. Lodge an objection to the bill, which so you can go onto the parliament website and they call it a submission. We call it an objection. You've got to be very, very clear. You do not want this. It's got to stop. The easy thing to do on the way to get there is we've set up an our say petition. So every time somebody signs that, the Prime Minister, the Minister of Health and all of the opposition health spokespeople get an email in the inbox. So we're up to around 10,000 already, but what we want people to do is sign and share. When they get to work after Waitangi Day, they get back to their office on Tuesday, let's give them 100,000 emails in the inbox so that they know people don't want this. It's really easy to do and it takes you, you, you just sign it, it it sends the emails automatically and it takes you to the therapeutic products page on Parliament so you can lodge your objection, you're on the right page to do that. So um, that's a really easy thing to do. And the other thing that's really important is tell people, tell everybody, and whether you get yourself a T-shirt or a bumper sticker or a signpost outside your house or whatever, tell people that they need to object, they need to do everything they can do. They can ring their MP, they can write to the Prime Minister, they can put a sign on their gate, just like we had Stop Three Waters, Stop Therapeutic Products. They're ours, they're not theirs. But we really have to fight for this and we really have to fight to get in the habit of winning these things, not just going through the motion. This is this is not negotiable. They can't take our food, our herbs, our traditional medicines. We're not going to let them and they need to start listening to us. Exactly. And if people want to hear more of what you have to say, Sue, or where you're going to be, because of course you're still traveling around the country doing public meetings, where is the best pe- place for people to follow along? Yeah, probably on the Outdoors Party um, Facebook page is it's, we've got the most following on there. We've got to get more on to some of the other pages as well. I'm speaking at Taipa tonight at the um, the barn in Taipa. Um, we already had a little 
they had their market there yesterday and there's a huge, great audience around here. We'll be down at Waitangi. The um, Outdoors and Freedom Party will be there on Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Really, really happy to talk about this there. And I've done a live stream on it. I'll do some more. Um, yeah, just, just wherever you can find us, come and talk to us and talk to your friends. This is the other thing. Like the Freedom Group has been very good at connecting with each other but with our food and our herbs and our traditional medicines and our all of our natural products this is affecting everybody so this is actually a great chance to have a conversation with people that you didn't really feel that easy to talk about with some of the vaccine stuff it's a great chance to start up a conversation about what is this government doing we cannot allow this and and get them on board um yeah get on our um outdoors party web page as well with a lot of information on there and we keep putting up more all the time so wherever you can find us we'll just come and talk to us and talk to your friends talk to the nz doctors they've got a great page guy hatchard does some great work counterspin obviously sharing some great information so if you can get into any of it then you can go from there and find out more but the gut reaction if your gut reaction is that you want to be able to choose your food and your your future then Go with your gut reaction. If you, you don't have to read everything to know that it's gross government overreach. Yep, it's just basic common sense, and uh, we deserve the right to use the same products that our great grandmothers did. So, thank you so much, Sue. Keep up the great work, and um, given the fact that submissions are now uh, open until the fifth of March, objections. Oh, sorry, yes, the objections. objections. Um, let's keep in touch, and uh, let's get people as well doing little viral videos of why they object to yeah. this and let's just push back and uh, we will not stop. Thanks, Sue. Awesome. Thanks so much. You're doing a great job there. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Cheers, Emma. And, of course, Sue Gray has been very instrumental in New Zealand against the government and, and pushing back against the draconian legislation since 2020, in fact. And she's taken many cases where, you know, the people needed a lawyer that was on their side, not only, um, you know, or most notably probably recently the Baby Will case. So many of you overseas may have obviously heard about that story. Well, Sue Gray was heading the legal team for that. And uh, she's very much a hero here in New Zealand, and she was very much part of the pushback in Wellington last year. And uh, now, of course, she's helping out with this therapeutics. And of course, anyone listening to Sue Gray when she's talking about these cases will, will discover that she has actually highlighted for you all the shortcomings of the legal system and shown where it's been broken all the way along, how it no longer serves you. And she's quite upfront about that. So when people are bagging her and saying, oh, you've lost all these cases, then actually what she's done is she's actually been winning them. She's actually been winning them because now you're seeing just how corrupt this system is and exactly what you're up against. And she's just, she just never stops. She just keeps going. You know, it doesn't matter, you know, how many setbacks there are. She's very positive. She's got a lot of energy. And, uh, you know, I think New Zealand is very lucky to have her. Another person that New Zealand is very lucky to have is, of course, our very own Dana Lee up there in the far north. She is um, highlighting a lot of hypocrisy within Māori Dim and a lot of the um, the friction, I suppose, because it's not all peace, love and moon memes up there. So uh, we will hear from her shortly about the therapeutics bill up there and specifically Irungua Māori after what Calvin? A little, a little bit, bit of comedic relief we thought we'd just throw it in there we saw it um, going around it was sent to us as well it was a good um it was a good laugh and we think it's uh, a good time to inject this in here to remember 
that you got to laugh every now and then because laughter is often the best medicine. Because there's another virus going around, Calvin. There is. But will it, the uh, person afflicted by it explain what it is? Hey, guys. I just got back from the doctor, and I got some news that's not great. I was diagnosed with something very rare called Freedom 19. Yeah, I know. Basically, it means I've been free thinking since 2019, and he said it could be permanent. Oh, some of the side effects are not trusting the government, not hating myself for being white, not judging other people just for their skin color, not getting an experimental rushed vaccine pushed to regulation by Donald Trump, not thinking all cops are racist, having people think I'm conservative just because I'm not a woke douchebag. Being called an anti-vaxxer, even though I just didn't get one vaccine. I mean, if you don't like Budweiser, are you anti-beer? No, but they won't care when you have Freedom 19. Just please pray for me. I'm going to lose all my friends. Who's going to talk to me with this disease? <laughs> and now we are joined by our wonderful Maori correspondent, Dana Lee, up there in the far north. Dana, how are you doing? Have you survived? What's the weather like? The weather is absolutely beautiful. Amazingly, I, I'm not even sure if those emergency state powers have been dropped, but uh, when they did declare that, emer- that we were in an emergency, uh, we actually had no unusual flooding, no nothing up here. So it's just a regular old day and it's lovely. They must have been going off their computer modeling. They can't seem to actually look out the window anymore and observe what's going on. They've got to tell the, let the computer tell them what to do. Now, we brought you on uh, to discuss this therapeutic products bill from a Māori perspective because, of course, the Māori party is the only party that has objected to this bill going through. Uh, they are wanting to put in a supplementary paper uh, that will exclude Arungua Māori from it. So um, maybe could we just start with definitions? What is the definition of Arungua Māori? Well, that, that's a good question. What is the definition? I'm yet to actually get a, uh answer on that. I can give you my comprehension of what the definition of Arungua means, and my comprehension of that was that it meant all... Uh, traditional natural uh, medicines, food, anything that is beneficial to our tinana, to our body. So that's flora and fauna, everything that's well, kind of yes, God-created. Yes. And uh, the thing is, is when it comes to the therapeutics bill and the uh, there's rongoa and then there's rongoa rako. Now, to my comprehension, comprehension rongo is the natural flora and are uh, the native flora and fauna so uh hence why knowing the definition of rongoa to maori is a great question and at this point no one seems to really know and what were they calling uh, the COVID vaccine? Because they were trying to say that was Rongua, wasn't it? And it's there to um, maintain your whakapapa. Protect your whakapapa. Protect your whakapapa, yeah. Mm-hmm. Rongua arai mate corona was what uh, they called it. And that was the Rongua that was pushed for uh, quite some time throughout the country. So, again, it comes back to that definition. What is it that Māori defined? as rongoa. Yeah, and if, 
And if they're going to include that, then uh, that's not um, of us. That's not natural. That's not divine. Well, even the words aren't natural. I mean, who would have guessed that when Māori first turned up on the shores that they would think, hey, in the future, we're going to have a, have the word for coronavirus. You know what I mean? They're just making shit up as they go along. And we're all meant to swallow it. We're looking at school books now with modification everywhere. But this is what I'm going to try to tell people. You're not at war with Māori. Māori are not at war with you. This is the iwification of the country. It's yeah. not the modification of the country. It's the iwification. It's a portion, a portion of Māori dim. And uh, that portion of Māori dim, uh, well, there is a portion of, uh, there's a, um, within that portion, there is ignorance, yes, but for many that are leading that, uh, it's more based on gain. And that's where the issue is. Yeah. So, I mean, we could we could actually do a whole episode on exactly how much money was given to Iwi to roll out uh, the jab and all of that. But what we really want to know is uh, what has the response been within Māori Dim to this therapeutic products bill? Well, uh, there has been quite the pushback, so much so that uh, a hui that I attended, uh, I think it may, last week, if I remember correctly, I've been so busy, I think. I'm not sure. It was either last week or the week before. Uh, based on that uh, hui with the Ministry of Health and uh, the Māori Authority and civil tohunga that came through, um, that apparently is why the therapeutic, uh, therapeutic Products Bill, um, the extension has been put into place based on that pushback. Because Māori up here are saying that um, first it was Christmas, now there's Waitangi Day, and uh, with all these bills being brought through, they just don't have the time. They haven't had the time to really um, uh, push back against it. And so they need more time, hence the extension. Now, the response up here is uh, sort of half and half. For the most part, Māori are saying that they just want uh, Māori medicine exempt. Yeah, now, which and is, then which mm -hmm. is apartheid again. Again, I the know. same damn apartheid system that's been created through this ewification and everyone else pandering to it because it's part of the United Nations plan. Let's put us all against each other and get our stress levels up and, and then bring in the pharmaceuticals to crash and burn our minds. Controls on well, its the way. thing is, is that the argument with regards to that is that it's uh, our whakapapa, Māori whakapapa. Now, the issue with that is all living beings, it is their birthright to be able to consume natural, traditional, organic foods, uh, clean water, breathe fresh air, it is their birthright. It does not come down to just one people. And so that's where there's a slight divide up here that I've noticed is because some are saying, some are aware of what it's going to look like should they just have rungoa Māori, uh, rungoa rākau, uh, exempt, that, that the chokehold will be created. And so it's just going to get choked out anyway. And... Uh, then there are those that are fully aware of what that means and they are 
pushing back. Basically, there's people that are buying into the divide of the Māori Health Authority, which is Te Akawhai Order, and they are just trying to look after themselves. And then there's the others who recognize this as a much bigger picture. And every single human being has the right to um, use plant-based medicines, whether it's Chinese medicine, whether it's traditional naturopathy from Europe, whether it's Maori medicine, um, whether it's Aboriginal medicine. I can't understand why this is even a thing, why this is even a subject that we were talking about. Who the hell are these people to tell us what the hell to do? We should be the ones giving the bloody orders. And see, Something's this is wrong where, here, people. Again, and it comes back to self-governance. Do we not know how to govern ourselves? Do we not know what is good for us? Um, and what a portion of Māoridom appeared to be missing is how far-reaching and all-encompassing this bill is because it also affects free speech. Should it go through, you, are then, um, you won't even be able to talk about the benefits of things like garlic. So uh, there, there does be, I don't know if it's a blatant uh, ignoring of just the, of how far reaching the impacts are, or they just don't care. Because there's some sellouts who are taking money to destroy the rest of the population. It's been going on for ages. And remember people, that's the ewefication side. Look at some of your so-called leaders and see what sort of businesses mm-hmm. they've got, like carbon credit trading, that they're ready to enact as soon as all this crap comes in. I guarantee it's coming. It will keep exposing them. So the, uh, there's a lot going on up north, Dana. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Is there anything else you want to add before we wrap it up? I'd just like to say, with regards to Māori and to Modi to keep perspective. Remember that these leaders that are suddenly doing a complete shift around, many of them who pushed uh, the Rungo Arai Mate on their people, uh, many of them enforced borders. Yeah, that's the vaccine. Um, If you can call it that, yeah, jab. And uh, remember that they pushed it and now they're attempting to, to do a complete flip around. Never forget that. Keep perspective on what it is that they have done. And uh, with regards to therapeutics, both say no. Um, it's not for us. It's not for anyone that considers themselves to be a living man or woman. And I believe we've got a, something up with regards to what it is that you can do um, if you want to be proactive about saying no to this. So what, what's your main thing? What do you think the best thing is people can do right now? With regards to this, I would recommend that you get vocal. Um, yep, you can turn, out, turn up at your local electorate. Um, and we're going to do videos. We're trying to encourage the mums and dads to actually get, tell us why their families deserve access to this or why they just not even deserve. That's the wrong way of framing it. Why they want to maintain their right to access it. Yeah, you know, there's that as well, saying my name is such and such, I object to this therapeutic products bill because I do not live in a nanny state. I do not need to be told what is good for me and mine. I move in divine natural law. Exactly. Exactly. Show me government where I've ever given you power of attorney to tend to my affairs and placement of me. You can go to hell. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining us, Dana. Um, And we look forward to hearing how Waitangi goes and seeing what uh, great interviews and speeches you film up there. Awesome. Thank you.
Brilliant. And thank you to Dana Lee up there. And thank you to all our guests for actually coming on today and really getting the word out about the most important issue that is happening here in New Zealand right now. And a huge thank you to all of you at home for watching. Just before we wrap it up, Carol, we've got a couple of more other messages we want to talk about. Yeah, next Friday we look to be hosting the fourth hour of the Alex Jones Show again, so please don't miss that. We've got two European guests on that will... um, should ensure that's in your watching list, put it that way. Definitely. And please do go and check out counterspinmedia.com because our team has been working very hard to get that blog post up with all the information that you need to know about the Therapeutic Products Bill and how you can take action by making an objection through the submissions process. And please actually do an oral submission as well because those are very, very important. Um, do a, um, a video and send it to us. We'll play it as to why you object. Get a um, get one of those two petitions that we're going to be linking down in the comment section. Sign those petitions and also get on the phone, email your MP and make sure you can get an appointment with them face to face or even better yet, ask them to actually organize a public meeting so that you can invite all your friends and family who don't know about this bill and actually get clarity about what is going on and what's going to happen, Calvin. And as Shane Chafin said, do not let them do this regulatory seizure of your natural health rights to access to indulgence to being bloody healthy anyway if you like what we're doing and you want to continue on here go to counselormedia.com click the donate button chuck a buck or two or three keys to your card or 50 million 50 million is fine too any wealthy farmers or other business people who are sick to death of getting told what to do by government and want the rest of the country to be just as aware and let's have a talk because we can't do this without you and of course we do this for you and for our future generations and now our little one Kelvin indeed thanks for watching see you next time bye nature is ours Stop the therapeutics products bill now. If this bill passes, medical devices, supplements, herbal remedies, animal extracts, probiotics, enzymes, essential fatty acids and more will be regulated. Voice your objection before March 5th. Visit the websites in the description to make your stand. You can find Counterspin. New Zealand's media revolution at counterspinmedia.com. And now, on the InfoWars Network at band.video.